0: Hi, this is Donna Otto. Welcome to Modern Homemakers. Did I just say that hi so loud? Wow, I must have a lot of energy this morning. Thank you for joining us. We're so glad you're here. And thank you for all of your letters and notes and emails and cards and the assurance that you're listening. Doing studio work is pretty isolation work. The girlfriends are coming. That'll be better. It's me and a producer in a quiet place. But I can see you all out there and I can hear your voices. And numbers of you continue to write and ask about Builders 87. Yes, Builders 87 is still going on. We're about at our 50% mark. So there's room for 30 or 40 more of you. So please join us. Thank you for the amounts that you are committing to in a reoccurring way for this year. And I hope those of you who have already received your journals and have your code for listening to the journal lesson designed just for those of you who are builders and know it will be beneficial to you. Well, we're in this time called Lent And a month or so ago, we began talking about what does Lent look like and how, what do I do during this time? And we offered some suggestions. And I decided that I wanted to talk to you today about the great wilderness experiences. Because I was thinking about Um, one of the passages, reading actually aloud, one of the passages that talks about what happened to Jesus right as he's being baptized. And it's really the beginning part of the process of the walk toward the cross. And then I heard a presentation which just pushed me over the hill. So today I want to remind you that the three specifics for Lent are prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. So how are you doing? Have you increased your prayer life? In the next few days, I'm gonna talk to you about the subject of prayer and give you what is my new favorite, currently favorite, for those of you who know me, know that I move from quote to quote for um, sustenance, and this is my current favorite. The only way to hold off doubt, fear, pain, and suffering is to practice more prayer and i'm going to talk to you about prayer and its place especially in this lenten time in a couple of days but this threefold practice of prayer fasting and almsgiving is a reminder about a major portion of lent and how we lean into it and why we lean into it and the speaker was man and what he said was just so simple he said, did you ever wonder why we have spring training for baseball players? I thought, no, I never really wondered about it. When I lived in the Midwest, I could only think about coming out to the warm, sunny Arizona spring days and watching spring baseball. The Cubs are here, and I'm a Chicago girl. Or going to Florida, where there are other teams. But he said, those, co- those baseball players who sign huge contracts and are very skilled at their work are required to come to spring training. And it just sort of hit me. Like, I wonder why any professional athlete who gets paid a decent amount of money and is certainly the highest at the skill set of whatever his position is in any sport, but they come back, one, to use their skills. They've been practicing endurance and getting fit for the season. Sometimes that includes minor surgeries, and sometimes that includes particular workouts for certain portions of their body that need it. They keep in shape all year long. But then when they come to spring training, they come not only to play the game. Remember, it's a game with many players. It's not just about the professional athlete. It's not just about their position. And then when they play the game, they get practice at the game, and they get practiced at playing together, community. That just spoke to my heart. And the passage that I thought about is found in Timothy, First Timothy, Chapter Four, Verse Seven, and he says, "Train yourself in godliness, for while physical training is of some value." Godliness is valuable in every way, holding the promise to both the present life and the life to come. So God has instructed us to keep at this thing called training, self-training, disciplines. These 40 days have been a time to set aside to draw closer with Jesus. What is the purpose of it? The purpose is to draw closer to Jesus. So the passage I'm looking at today is found in Mark, and it starts Mark 1, verse 9 through 13. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth on Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heaven torn apart and the spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven, You are my son the Beloved. With you I am well pleased. And the Spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness. He was in the wilderness for 40 days. Tempted by Satan, he was with the wild beasts and the angels who waited on him. Have you ever been in a wilderness experience? The baptism, if you have not been baptized, may I suggest to you that you consider that but the baptism that Jesus went through was like getting a long line of people who had done the worst things possible in their culture, and their society, swindlers and cheaters and prostitutes and tax collectors. And all these folks came in need because they had suddenly been aware that they needed to repent and be baptized. You remember what John the Baptist's message was? I've been to the Holy Land a few times, and it's quite an interesting thing how many people come to the Jordan River and wait to get to the Jordan River to be baptized. There's such a connection with Jesus being baptized in it. And if you've ever been there, you've seen that some places on the Jordan River, there are stairs. The water is is such that you come down the stairs the way the shoreline is, and you come down the stairs and you get into water, maybe waist high. Some places you can actually walk out on a beach, so a beach of sorts, uh, declining ground. So many of them had come to be baptized, and now comes Mark. Remember about Mark; he is everything's immediate. Now it happens fast. He's all about immediate. If you read the book of Mark and count how many times he says immediate, I don't know how many there are, but there are a lot of them. And now he says the heaven is torn apart. It doesn't sound like a little mild rolling, does it? It sounds like something tumultuous. And the Spirit descends on him like a dove. And then come these words and places uh, that Jesus speaks to him in. The wilderness is a place and it's a symbol that's quite repeated in the Bible. Jesus does not go to Jerusalem, the place of power. He goes to the wilderness, And the passage says that the Spirit drove him to the wilderness. The wilderness. What is the wilderness? Have you ever been in a wilderness, like out in a primitive place? My husband and I, when we moved to Arizona 40 years ago, we decided to taste all the wildernesses. Uh, The one that I remember the most was a 55-mile backpack trip. That's it you got it. I backpacked 55 miles, six days. And on the fifth day, I was saying, how much further? And David would say, just one mile. And after I realized he had said just one mile about three times, I realized it was not just one mile. But it's an uncultivated, uninhabited. The place that we hiked there were 100 people a year who came to this very primitive a place where the the narrows are so narrow they're, they're, that you can barely get your backpack through. And if there's rain even forecasted days in advance, the rangers will not let you in there. One time we went up to do it and we couldn't go in. We waited in a hotel for two days. Because when the rains come, the narrows flood, and you are dead meat, literally. You can look up four stories, 40 or 50 feet up, and see cows, remnants, and horns, and things that have been stuck up there because the water rushed through. They're inhospitable regions, wilds, waste, wastelands, neglected, abandoned. And the last part of this passage says that he was with the wild beasts, and the angels waited on him wild beasts, and the angels waited on him. They came to minister to him. So I decided to take a little peek at what wilderness looked like, and I found some amazing connections and wildernesses. Moses in Exodus chapter 3, he has just come from the high life living in Pharaoh's house. He's in charge. He has the best food, the best lifestyle, and then he is sent to 40 years in the wilderness. But we hear the voice of Jesus, of God, saying, Here I am. Like Jesus, like Jesus in the wilderness with the beasts and the angels, and the angels are reminding Jesus that God is there with him. Moses had the cloud and the fire just the manna, just like Jesus did, the beasts and the angels, the wilderness and the manna, the cloud and the fire giving direction. And then there was the great wilderness of Abraham in Genesis chapter 22. God has asked Abraham to go off to a far country, and God is with him. And Abraham says, here I am. And God says back, here I am, and I'm going to take care of you. And then he comes to Abraham and says, I want you to take your only son. Remember who the only son was. He wasn't just their only son. I have an only child, but God hadn't promised me that my seed was going to be the nation of his choice and populate the earth. But that's what God told Abraham. And Sarah, his wife, was 90 years old before she conceived. And they go out into the wilderness, Abraham and Isaac, and he has a knife and God has told him to take his son and offer him as a sacrifice. And just as he's ready to do it, the portion says he has this knife in his hand and I can sort of feel him with the knife up. He listens and Abraham hears God again. And he says, Abraham, Abraham, you don't have to do this. Over there is a ram stuck in the thicket. It will be your sacrifice. And then Elijah, remember Elijah who called down 450 other gods were there saying, Send the rain, send the rain, doing their incantations. And he says, I go in the name of the one true living God. 450 against one, those are pretty bad odds. And what happens immediately after this high of the one true living God bringing the rain? He is, runs off into the wilderness. He runs off. He runs off. He's hiding. He feels alone and he says to the God of the one true living God, I I feel alone. I feel I did this all by myself. And every day an angel comes to him and says, Here's what you need for food today rest. And Elijah rests and sleeps and eats a little portion. And he does it and he does it in the wilderness. And then in Isaiah, Probably the most important of the wilderness passages because this is the children of Israel and they finally are coming back. Isaiah chapter 58, verses 8 and 9. Then your light shall break forth like the dawn and your healing shall spring up quickly. Your vindicator shall go before you and the glory of the Lord shall be your guard. Then you shall call and the Lord will answer you shall cry for help and he will say here i am have you ever been in the wilderness dark night of the soul i know in my head when i'm in the middle of a wilderness that god is there with me i have my fingers at my eyebrows and i go from my eyebrows up i know god is there but i don't feel him i feel alone and broken Tears come much more easily than does my laughter. And I feel like the beasts are everywhere. In everything that I see and I hear, in whatever has drawn me or drove me to the wilderness experience. Sometimes I'm drawn to it because I need the quiet. And sometimes I'm driven to it. And when I get in the wilderness, I often feel like, "Ah, there it is, there's the wilderness. And I can see a little oasis one day not long ago, I had this thought running through my mind about the wilderness and how rocky it was. And We live in the desert. We have a lot of landscape around our house that's rocky. A lot of it that's not rocky. And there's a place of green, just an ellipse of green grass. We, we have special events on that, ellipse of green grass. And I just went out and I laid in the green grass like you would lay in the snow and make a snow angel. And I thought, here I am in the middle of the green oasis, but all around is rock and wood and stone and mountains. But an angel comes to minister to us when we are in the wilderness time. Maybe it's a card from a friend or a call or a passage or a reminder of the times that God has walked us through the wilderness. I want to remind you that these greats of the Bible, Jesus himself, lived through the wilderness. I think when I read the passage out of Mark, I thought, what I often do, of course he made it through the wilderness. Of course he knew the angels were there, because he's God. Of course he knows that he was beloved, Lord I don't always know that I don't always remember that but when I looked into this wilderness idea and Elijah and Moses and Abraham Abraham they were not gods they were men just like you and I of flesh and blood and they learned to be still and remember what God said to Jesus as he came out of the water you are my daughter you are beloved And I am with you always. Here I am, says God to us when we are in the wilderness. And during this Lenten time, I know that there are some of you who are in wilderness experiences. And I pray that you will hold fast to the reminder that God is with you. And he is saying, here I am. Remember, the common begin and the uncommon finish. Go out and make it a very uncommon wilderness experience. (laughs)